1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts.
1: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go
3: Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday live edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner but alongside Thomas Carinante. What have we learned about the seven and five 2022 New York Yankees who are playing right now? We are live during their contest. Miguel Cabrera will lead off the bottom of the fourth with a chance to get his 3,000th hit against the Bombers, which he absolutely will do. What have we learned about this team? Well, the pitching's great. The bullpen's incredible, but the bullpens appear to be incredible around the league. The offense is dreadful, and they're slightly more fundamentally sound than the team that started off last season 5-10. and And so, I mean, what does that mean? That means we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be frustrated. They're going to win some baseball games. They're going to lose... A similar number of baseball games and we're probably not going to throw batteries and baseballs at them like we did in one of the final games of the Rays series at home last year but it certainly doesn't mean we're going to stand up and cheer either in this episode we're going to single out Garrett Cole come on man come on dude come on man Joey Gallo come on dude come on man dude come on dude And the Yankees' vaccination status, which they're telling Aaron Boone is 100%, but we're going to know for sure pretty soon. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Drop us a mailbag question in that review. We'll be more than happy to answer it. You can also find us live on Twitter, live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays. That's right now. And wouldn't you know it, it lines up with a beautiful day in Detroit uh, for the Yankees offense to also do absolutely nothing about to make the third out of the fourth against Michael Pineda, who I believe is 382 pounds now. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I mean, worst win in franchise history Tuesday night. Maybe I've never been less satisfied with a victory.
2: I I truly ever. No, and the the win there didn't even detract from what everybody was pissed off about, which was Garrett Cole throwing one and two-thirds innings and walking five batters. uh, Come on, man. And and somehow being thrown off course because an injury happened to somebody else. Um, Fucking Pineda, 46 pitches, and he's about to be done with the fourth? Like, are you shitting me? Um, He's blitzing. He's he's at 48 now, though. They bumped his pitch count all the way up, so don't worry. Never, never, never ends. Um, Cole. Garrett Cole, pitcher, good pitcher, uh, New York Yankees ace, supposedly. Um, Absolutely. A lot of questions here. Uh, Time to freak out? No. Right to be frustrated? Yeah. Uh, We have previously merely asked the question, was overpaying for Garrett Cole the right decision? Probably. Yankees needed a pitcher. That was the only guy available for, like, the next two offseasons. They needed to do it. They didn't really have a choice. Supposedly he didn't really want to come here, and then the money spoke for itself, and that's usually what the Yankees need to do um, in order to coax some of the bigger guys to come here. Um, but 80 more million, than the next highest paid pitcher, which is also Steven Strasberg, who mm-hmm. eh, just Scott Boris completely screwing us on both occasions that offseason. Um, worth asking. Paying that much money for somebody who didn't have the greatest of track records clearly had success in Houston due to their practices that have been banned ever since with the sticky stuff, with the doctoring baseballs, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, Cole's been a Cole's been a good pitcher for the Yankees. That's just what it's been not coming through when they need him to. That's been the issue, um, outside Mm -hmm. of the wildcard game against uh, Cleveland in 2020. Um, and I guess even Game One against the Rays that year too, like that was fine. Um, but fine in uh, Game Five,
3: much much better in the empty stadium playoffs than he was in the full stadium. Playoffs. Correct.
2: Yes. So that's the issue. And now we head into this season where I just have questions. Usually have questions, a lot of questions. Why is Garrett Cole not built up for the start of the season when almost every other team staff is built up? So this might be a Yankees thing. It might be a Garrett Cole thing. I don't know. Um, Almost every other team starter, go look at the numbers. Um, everyone was built up for eighty plus pitches. Max Scherzer, who had dead arm at the end of last year, threw ninety six pitches in his second start of the year. Um, Garrett Cole still on a seventy pitch count in his second start of the year. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand why that was. That was the red tape. Um, I don't understand why this was the Yankee strategy to put pressure on the bullpen. But that's what happened, and then you have the result of. The cold weather plus the mini delay further affecting Cole on Tuesday night. Um, and then you get a dejected post-game interview, which just, it just never helps anything. Um, every interview this guy gives, it's uh, seemingly clueless. I don't know if he's searching for the right words or is afraid to say the wrong thing. New York media is tough. I could sympathize with that. Um, but it's a lot of silence. It's a lot of head shaking. It's a lot of confusion and uh, soul-searching um just doesn't seem like he wants to be here am i speaking for him no i'm just telling you the context clues based on what i'm seeing and and what i'm and what i'm hearing um very bizarre um and now fans have every right to be upset because this is the guy who's supposed to be leading the pitching staff um and uh throwing a temper tantrum on opening day because billy crystal was dicking around on the mound a little bit too long Um, A true temper tantrum,
3: by the way. It's
2: like not unfair to call that a temper tantrum. He's like banging on the dugout, being like, "What the
3: fuck? Come on, come on!" (laughs) And Billy Crystal's like (laughs) doing an old jazz man character. He's like, "Come on!" And then he he like doesn't record an out. Four batters face doesn't record an out. He eventually falls into rhythm. But like, I mean, whether or not he wanted to use that as an excuse, which clearly he did, because it got out. Like he wanted everybody to know he hated watching Billy Crystal. Like whether he intended to use that as an excuse or not, it affected his performance carry on yeah Miguel Cabrera, just, why. Struck him out. Miguel Cabrera just struck it
2: he did okay yes he did um and I don't know why that affects his performance because he's kind of supposed to be the unflappable figure um not on just the rotation on the team he's supposed to be one of the team leaders in that regard um, and he's the most flappable no one is more yes. flappable it's insane cool. It would it would seem you saw the video of him getting heckled at Fenway last year. Um, We saw him try to respond to the sticky tack or the spider tack question last year, which was embarrassing. Um,
3: I mean, you know, a lot of people use a lot of things. uh, And, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of stuff is sticky. I mean, tree sap that could theoretically be sticky. Um, Glue, gum. I mean, you know, there's an endless list of sticky substances. So and you really break it down. Yeah, I, I mean. It could have been an accident. I'd accidentally gotten mouthwash on my fingertips.
2: Carry on. <laughs> no, I just, I'm confused. I'm confused as to what the message, and you you hear about the stuff. I'm not saying any of it's true. I'm not saying I'm riding with any of it, but you have the Breck Gardner stuff that comes out last year, and now it's kind of aligning with everything that we're seeing. Maybe it's true. It's certainly, it certainly, it lends, it lends some sort of uh, conversation to be had about it. Um, and it's frustrating because like we said, we have the optics here. Forget about the optics of fans just being like, Oh, he's making money. He's got to deliver. What is he doing? It's, it's the haters who were like, Oh, you paid this guy all this money and you're, you're a fucking joke. This is why nobody likes the Yankees. Cause you go throw money at people and then you talk a big game and then they go out there and they suck. Um, and yeah, admittedly that happens with people, but it can't happen with the highest paid pitcher in MLB history. Um, Plenty of time for Garrett Cole to turn it around. But if you're talking about silencing the crowd after a horrible finish to 2021 um, on all counts, whether the hamstring was affecting it or not um, the offense and Garrett Cole this year, not helping their case whatsoever.
3: You know what I love just that, you know, it's a great fandom feeling hating the two best players on your team. It's awesome. <laughs> I really recommend it. Aaron judge has been extremely hateable so far in 2022. Um, I don't want to feel that way. I want to shake that hatred. I don't want to be watching him fail in the clutch while demanding to be paid double what the Yankees offered him. I certainly don't want to be watching it. And I certainly don't want to be thinking about his contract during the season. And another nope. thing I don't want to do, I just want to accept Garrett Cole. He was an ace, absolutely, when the Yankees acquired him. I believe he will still be an ace again. This is not me saying... Garrett Cole's time in the Bronx is done. The next seven years will be a disaster. I do not think that. And honestly, of the three bad starts to start the year, the first one was just ridiculously poor optics because it was a barrage at the start against the Red Sox. And he settled down and started mowing people down. And the second one, he just got got by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. twice and then again on a double. So technically three times. But against the rest of the Blue Jays, he was actually pretty good. That ended up being like five and two-thirds, three earned runs, which when you look at it in the context of the third start, is a totally competent start against yeah. the team projected to win the AL East. So it's not even like he's been that bad so far. It's just been an offseason of defending him for the Red Sox game and saying he obviously had a compromised hamstring. What are you people talking about? That wasn't the true talent Garrett Cole. You Red Sox fans won't admit that you beat a hobbled man. He was... Great after Spider Tack, but terrible in September when he was hurt, etc. I can't tell you how many times I said those things. And then to start off the year, getting bludgeoned in the first inning by the Red Sox again, Billy Crystal's fault. Uh, never invite him back to Yankee Stadium. Can't, Mike can't sorry, Mr. Saturday Night. Yes, yeah, sorry, Mike Wazowski. Sorry, City Slickers. <laughs> um, just can't have you back. Maybe get Jack Palance to do some one-handed push-ups before you ever come back <laughs> to Yankee Stadium. Feeling um, Billy Crystal. Uh, he did like BP and spring training. Imagine Billy Crystal doing BP and spring training again against Garrett Cole. He'd brush him back, knock him down. <laughs> uh, and then the second start again was like totally okay. And the Yankees ultimately lost that game. And it wasn't really Garrett Cole's fault. But nobody felt positive
2: about the second game. Nobody left that 6 4 loss being like, Cole looked pretty good. Like, no, looks all- bad when he's getting destroyed by the yeah. opposing hitters. Uh, the opposing team's best hitter he's supposed to be getting that guy out that's the and he just seems to have this never-ending faith in his fastball that like
3: if he doesn't dot it it's still good enough to get it by hitters and it's just not it's it's a great fastball it's you know 97 but 97 middle middle is gonna get whipped and vladimir jr with one finger ripped apart by a shoe destroyed it to to dead you know left center in, in death valley so even though the first two starts weren't like abysmal abominations, they were not ace-like, and so you really needed to see something going into this Detroit game. And you've heard all these excuses, like some of this was placed on Cole by the fans, right? Cole leaked the Billy Crystal stuff, but in the second game, you just knew when Vladimir Jeter took that extra time to go get his finger looked at, and the announcers are like is he going to have to come out of the game? This is a pretty long delay. And then he stays in the game anyway. You're like, Cole's going to hate this and he's going to give up a bomb. And he did. And then that leads to the third start in Detroit. The the Detroit reliever gets injured in the second inning. And the first inning is an hour and a half long because uh, whoever that guy was, Scott Alexander or whatever was terrible. So he can't throw a strike. Uh, Josh Donaldson almost blows the opportunity with the bases loaded, but then the pitcher drops the pop-up and that inning is a million years long. Then Shit. Cole comes out and actually has some command issues, but ends up striking out the side on 20 pitches. And you're like, all righty then. But then the reliever who comes in gets hurt. Every single Yankee fan on earth is like, Cole's going to suck in the bottom of the second. And then Cole's going to talk about it after the game and say, you know, it's pretty unfair. It was very cold out there, of course. And then also you wish you don't have that long delay there. Um, and so everybody's pre prepared to be angry at something that hasn't even happened yet. And then the post game press conference happens. And he, you know, he, we walked five people. In an inning and two-thirds, which is just beyond the pale. And he can't finish anybody off. He's got two strikes on everybody. It's three two counts endlessly on Victor Reyes and Robbie Grossman. And, you know, foul tip, Willie Castro, or whatever, like whoever's in the nine spot. Can't finish anybody, and the, the balls aren't even close. So it's like fastballs that they're fouling off or putting in play, but mostly fouling off. And then these curveballs that are spiked, forty-five foot throws—the worst-looking stuff in the world—and he just walking the seven, eight, nine guys walking in a run, you know, barely participating in the action. They take him out. Clark Schmidt saves the game. Everybody's pre-prepared to be angry at the post-game, and then he kind of doesn't give you these excuses that you're you're ready to get mad about. He sort of just is sad, and he's like, you know, I've never been through something like this. It's nothing me and the team can't figure out, and that's for some reason even worse. Cause I'm ready to get mad at the excuse making, but then I just hear him sound defeated and it's like, Oh my God, is it, did this guy really only have a year and a half of good starts left in his arm? when we gave him a nine year deal. Like did the fastball lose a mile an hour or like one dose of spider attack effectiveness and now he can't grip it and now he can't command it. Like, I'm seeing Yankee fans tweeting, like, the velocity's there, but the command's not, so I'm not worried. It's like, how many pitchers in the history of baseball have had velocity with no command? You're describing pitching. Like, <laughs> Daniel Cabrera threw 99 with no command or control, and he was out of baseball after five years with the Orioles. Like, every everybody throws 99 now. And you only stay in baseball if you can command your pitches. So, Cole losing that little bit of command and control is really concerning because his fastball is not good enough. Middle, middle to get by major league hitters as the Detroit Tigers proved unless of course they're all cheating because AJ Hinch is their manager in that case we understand maybe maybe there's an inauthentic reason they keep fouling off two strike pitches but it seems like Garrett Cole just thinks he has a little bit more juice than he does
2: I don't know what it is but it would have been nice to get I don't think we've had a six inning outing from any pitcher yet correct me if I'm wrong I don't think Um, we have no we we might get one
3: from uh, Montgomery today but yeah uh, I don't know
2: but yeah, it would have been great if we could kick off the series with a win and 6-7 from Cole, somewhat efficient. Um, you know, it was always going to be hard. The weather's colder. We know that. Um, uh, that is that. That is part – that 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 does play a role in affecting a, a, a pitcher's longevity. But, you know, the bullpen – bullpen's getting tired already. Uh, thank God for Clark Schmidt coming in for the – what was it, three and two-thirds. He was, he yeah. was very efficient. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been great to kick off a series against a bad team after following it up against losing a series against the league's worst team. Um, just to not have these questions, so I don't have to be doing this on a Thursday live podcast. But I'm doing this on the Thursday live podcast, and I have to bad. talk. To them. And they won um, the game. They won the game. <laughs> like. And they won the game. But it was still, it didn't matter because the 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 deflating aspects were already there. Um, the 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 tone was set in the very beginning and then you are wondering was my was my hunch 2 years ago wondering if this was too much money to give to somebody right and i don't want i or anybody else doubting it i don't want anybody to be right i want it to be the best investment they could possibly make but now you're looking at the judge contract situation and the reason they can't offer him more or they won't offer him more was one because that's a lot of money and he should probably take it and two Because they have Garrett Cole and John Carlos Stanton on the books for the next seven years. And both of those guys are making $32 million plus. Um, And one could argue, you look at the San Francisco Giants rotation, there's not a single ace in there, a high-profile ace at least. They have five guys who can eat innings and throw the ball um, efficiently um, and get batters out and not have these issues of whatever's happening with, with Garrett Cole. Um, and that's where you're like, why couldn't we build a rotation like that? Why did we have to go and spend all the money? And now the Yankees are going to use this as an excuse to not spend more. Um, so I'm just hoping it turns around. All it's going to take is for Cole to go on a hot streak and then win a do or die playoff game. And then the narrative will flip. We know how this works. Um, but it's bad vibes to start the season. Still seven and five right now. Got to be thankful about that. It could be worse. This team started five and 10 last year um yeah. and the torches and pitchforks were out so um runner on runner on first dj up okay yeah um, dj just ripped
3: a single oh, um, dj ripped one
2: yeah yeah i mean um, dj's better than he was last year a lot of people yeah, are better better mm-hmm. aaron hicks incredible don't see anybody talking about aaron hicks all anybody did was bitch about him when he grounded into a double play and popped out i was also one of those people i was not happy about that i was at, i was no, at that game sorry. wasn't um, fun. but batting 286 with almost a 400 obp right now Better than anybody in the lineup, Isaiah Connor falefa coming back from the dead, 278 average. That's the stuff you need from the bottom of the lineup. And then you have the meat and potatoes, Judge batting 239. Rizzo, who's been hit, getting timely hits, so yep. I'm not going to complain about his average, OBPing 415. Stanton has disappeared, 224 with a 367 slugging. Can't have it. Um, so the, the, the offensive issues are still there. We're not hitting bombs, and that's what the offense was built to do. Um, And the rotation, although performing well, is going to have this large question mark looming over it until Garrett Cole can find himself and get back on track. And it sucks because you don't want to be having these conversations and you don't want to have to argue with people on Twitter. Um, But that's what we're dealing with right now. And we have another guy who sucks too. Yeah, with DJ on
3: first, uh, Joey Gallo just came up and took strike one, of course, uh, dribbled it in front of the plate and it rolled away and then uh, was sliced one off into foul territory and popped out. So a two-pitch at-bat for Joey Gallo, uh, who just can't get right, who's now hitting under 118 uh, because that is what his average was as he just strode to the plate in the front of my face. Yeah, he was hitting 118, and then he made an out, so do your math. Uh, but at least he's still run, uh, producing runs with a robust zero homers and zero RBI. Uh, so he's he's knocking in runs at a clip akin to you or me, both of us have as many RBI and home runs as Joey Gallo. This is game 13 of the 2022 Major League Baseball season. A real sentence I said this offseason a couple times was, well, the offense is going to be better. You get a full season of Joey Gallo in there. A full season of Joey Gallo is nightmare fuel. Um, I, I didn't love the player coming to New York last summer, but I didn't hate the player. I understood what I was getting myself into. You know, it, did it make the most sense from a roster construction perspective, other than the left handedness of Joey Gallo? Not really. Big swing and miss. And it's no secret. It's not like, oh my God, I thought this guy was one of baseball's elites. And then he comes to the Bronx and he strikes out all the time. No, everybody knows that. But he hits 210, 215, 220, 35 to 40 homers. And then he had a hat in 2019, he was better than that. He was like an MVP level player, and everybody was like, "Joey Gallo put it together." Like he's hitting two sixty with the same level of power as always. Like, all right, that is a hell of a baseball player. Then he sort of fell. I mean, everybody had weirdness in twenty twenty, so it's not like uh, it's not like it's hard to diagnose why he got. Uh, ooh, Isaiah Connor a singles into right field. DJ goes to third. What if Joey Gallo had done literally anything? The possibilities are endless. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, to say 2020 inter- interrupted his momentum. It's like, okay. Yeah. It interrupted a lot of our momentums. We understand that, uh, 2020 he was, mind. he was an all-star level two ten ish hitter prior to coming to the Yankees and then he came to the Yankees and he was terrible. So everybody defended him all of season long and said, you know, was he a top 20 player in baseball with the Yankees? Absolutely not. But does he have the potential to be, of course we've seen it in the past. You know, the exit velocity is huge. Nobody hits the ball as hard as him except for Stanton and Judge, and now they're all on the same team. Great. This year, the offense has been putrid. The The luck has been bad. Sure, he's he hits. Here's the thing with Joey Yellow. He's going to hit every out hard. He almost never doesn't hit the ball hard. So it's not fair to say... Like the exit velo numbers indicate TKTY. Can DJ LeMahieu score on this little fly ball? I doubt it, but let's find out. No. Great job, Marwan Gonzalez. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: not even gonna try. Hicks um, is up though. Oh no, Trevino, sorry. Trevino's up with, with two outs and two on. Another run scoring opportunity down 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 the drain.
0: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me, I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
3: So, yeah, all of Joey Gallo's outs are hard hit. And when he stops getting hard hit outs, I'm going to be really concerned because then I'm like, this guy's shoulder is going to fall off or something. We know he can hit the ball hard. That's not news. But so far in 2022, he's producing absolutely zero. He is not even with Glaber Torres struggling. He's not someone who needs to be in the lineup every day because he's just he's he's unwatchable even when he's hot and now he's unwatchably cold and the defense is terrible it's not good this this game is one nothing because he let a ball hit on a line to left field roll by him and all the way to the wall and somebody scored from first now the next at-bat was a fly ball that probably would have scored the run anyway would have been second and third okay sure but an abysmal look for Joey Gallo in a season full of abysmal looks and At this point, uh, you know, you feel like you're strawmanning by being like, how are people still defending this guy? I'm not even sure if anyone is still defending this guy at this point because his Yankees performance, not his career, his Yankees performance is indefensible.
2: It is, and that, you just look at the defense there. I mean, you can watch the replay of it. The angle he takes to that ball is just, it's not a baseball angle. You know how to take angles to balls in the outfield um, to cut them off. Completely missed it. Allows the run to score. Yes, maybe the run still scores. It doesn't matter. It's still a bad look on Joey Gallo. Um, I wrote about how this could go down as the worst trade in Yankees history. And it's not because of who they gave up. Because actually, everybody they gave up since the deadline last year has actually been underperforming than they were in the Yankee system. And the Yankee system is overperforming or performing to expectations for the most part. Um, and all those guys that were traded in the Gallo deal, um, were a tier below everybody else that the Yankees had preferred for the future of the organization. Um, so Three, this is nearly uh, any good. No, he just got robbed. He went like 410 to center. Damn. Cool. Um, and yet the issue why this would go down is the worst trade is because of the roster construction in general. The Yankees needed a lefty bat. Um, There weren't a whole lot of lefty bats available at the trade deadline for, I guess their price point. They go ahead and they trade for Joey Gallo and you think you're getting a three true outcomes player, which is understandable. You know, you want to add more of the same to the lineup. So you're kind of unstoppable and you're just getting a two out, a two true outcomes player. He walks and he strikes out um, and he doesn't put the ball in play. And when he does, yeah, it's hit hard. That's great. But hitting the ball hard is good and bad. If you're hitting the ball hard in the right spots, it's awesome. If you're hitting the ball hard in the wrong spots, you're not moving the runners over, or you're getting faster double double plays. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, to be batting one fifty across seventy one games um, as 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 a member of any team, um, that's a really bad half season. That's that's almost impossible to overcome and to normalize those numbers because you'd have to go on an absolute tear after that. Um, And, yeah, the defense. Like I understand most of his reps throughout his career before he arrived in New York um, came in left field, but it's evident he's a far better right fielder, which is where he won those two gold gloves um, in 2020 and 2021. Um, And his ability to move in center field was at least valuable for what the Yankees were – Struggling with last year, they had outfield depth issues with um, the injury to Hicks um, and uh, among other people, um, Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier were no longer serviceable. Um, Tim LaCastro got injured, so uh, you would think they would use Gal a little bit more uh, in on a versatile uh, in a versatile manner out there, and they didn't. He's just in left field and. I'm not a Rangers fan, so I didn't watch a whole lot of Joey Gallo with the Rangers. No, um, but uh, Rangers fans out there, please tell me—is he that good at left field? Because I, like we said, we've seen 71 games worth, and that throw the other night um, on Tuesday—oh my god—was. Yeah. What was that? Well, I don't. I, I I don't get it. Not even close. So far, it was like the middle of the first baseline that he threw it from left, and he was trying to hit the catcher. At home and it plate. felt
3: like you could have gotten that guy. It felt like that was a slow 100%, runner on third, who 100%. was a percent Yeah,
2: if that's an on-target throw, that's a bang bang play. Could go either way, but like you got to give him a chance. Um, you have that drop ball in Toronto last year, where it's just like, what is going on? Um, drop ball at Fenway. Drop ball off Fenway, ball diving drop in the opening series against the Red Sox where the ball was literally – he just missed it. He timed mm-hmm. it perfectly and just didn't put his glove in the right spot. Um, so you tell me, is this a good left fielder? Because I, I know that we like to look at stats. We like to look at the advanced numbers and draw conclusions from that. But if you're watching baseball every day and these plays are kind of falling by the wayside – and they're fairly basic, or at least you know above average caliber for somebody who's been playing the position for six years now. Um, they should be; it should look a lot easier than it is, and it's not. So, you look at the production the Yankees are getting from Gallo, and that's where the disappointment is going to come from because even people who weren't excited about this trade when it first happened, I was blasé about it. I was like, okay, cool, lefty batter, see what yeah. this can do, whatever. Um, you would think you're getting 50% more of this production, which is still not even asking for that much. Then at that point, you're talking about maybe 20 homers in 71 games. And that's still on track for like what his usual seasons are between the 38 and 41 home run Mark. Um, But the batting average, the batting average is not batting average is never an issue. If you're delivering on all the other fronts, if he's scoring runs, if he's hitting home runs, if he's moving runners over, Um, if he's drawing walks at the right time, it's different, but none of that is happening. Um, And it's the perfect storm of really just awfulness. And I think that's why this could, if this continues, again, if this continues to materialize in the manner in which it has for the remainder of this season, I don't know how you look at this and not think it's one of the worst trades in franchise history. And there's a reason the report came out today that the Yankees were talking about a trade with the Padres for Gallo this off season because they didn't want a repeat of this. And they're getting a repeat of this throughout the first 13 games of the year. Um, and it's a bad look if you got to bench the guy. Because he's supposed to be an all-star player. And he's making a lo- almost $11 million this year. So, like, that's not a situation you want to be in. Um, and the, Gallo is forcing their hand to maybe move in that direction if, if that's what it takes. Because the defense is not there. Um, and that was what we were hoping for. Versatility and competence. After uh, seeing Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier in the corner spots last year, and just general power, and there is none of that. There's not even the OBP is not there. He's getting on base one out of every four times he comes up to the plate. Not good. So I don't know what you think about what this will look like in the historical context, but the the outrage that everybody's kind of expressing over this goes to show that it's it's not going to be viewed favorably, and it's 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 gonna it's gonna be magnified when you look at, you know, the other trades in, in greater context. Yeah,
3: there's nobody who they surrendered in that package to Texas that I'm looking at being like, oh my, if only the 2022 Yankees had Glenn Otto, had Josh Smith in the middle infield. Like, <laughs> that's not why this is a trade that, that raises your eyebrows and, and you, you rank it among the, the worst in, in recent Yankees history. It's just because, you know, everybody thought Joey Gallo would provide tons of pop. How is that a base hit? Robbie Grossman just hit like a 32 exit velocity blooper. Grossman. Um, this guy's the best player in baseball as far as I'm concerned. Um, every time <laughs> I watch him play the Yankees, he goes six for six. Um, but like I'd rather have Robbie Grossman on the team than Joey Gallo. And that's a problem. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. Joey, yeah, that, that's the issue with Joey Gallo. That's the corner I was trying to turn there is that, look, 40 home runs and a 210 batting average at 162 games. Yeah, I would absolutely take that. I'm not so old school that I'm going to be like, in my day, we didn't hit dingers. We just hit little dribblers, and everybody loved it. He should be bunting against the ship every at bat. Like, I'm not the dumbest guy alive. I would accept a, a typical Joey Gallo season, borderline all-star season, 40 homer season, 90 RBI, 203, 370 OBP. That sounds great to me. I'm not getting that. I'm not, I'm not getting half of that. He doesn't have a home run this year and you can't start this slow after ending that slow, right? So, it's not that I don't accept the type of baseball player Joey Gallo is. It's that you you'd rather have basically any major leaguer over Joey Gallo in the Yankees lineup right now. Not Esteban Florial, probably. He also seems not ready. Most of these guys under Joey Gallo at Triple I'm not I'm not saying call up Elijah Dunham right now and have him get some run at the big league level. I'm just saying basically any free agent outfielder the Yankees any Rosario like Robbie Grossman Jock Peterson any other like half the price major league outfielder would be a better fit for the New York Yankees lineup than Joey Gallo right now and you can you you can try to sell me on the exit Velo stats indicating he's close to a turnaround but if how much longer is that exit Velo gonna happen without a turnaround Like I, he's going to be hitting the ball this hard all year long. I know that already. And, and we're the, we're August, September and April into him, not being able to translate that into production. So either he's the unluckiest guy on earth, or we need to find some new stats here. (laughs)
2: Let's make up a new stat.
3: He might be unluckiest man. Like I I understand, I guess I understand that, but just like Andrew Heaney, maybe he's just someone who's built to underperform those advanced stats forever. At a certain point, there's nothing to unlock. If he's just going to keep hitting 106 mile an hour exit velocity pop outs to
2: the catcher and directly to the second baseman, it's okay. Yeah, and the aggressions. I mean, he's missing center cut fastballs, so I don't know. I don't have any answers. I uh... he doesn't dictate any at bats. It's just he refuses. No, he is. He. I, I think pitchers kind of just lick their chops when he comes up at this point. They're like, "Great, I'll throw my first one over the middle of the plate. He will take it for a strike, and then I am in command the rest of the way." I mean, that at bat to end the game on Sunday night baseball against the Red Sox was Joey Gallo in a microcosm. First pitch strike, yeah. doesn't swing. Second pitch goes low and away. Uh, he goes after it, doesn't uh, – misses it, and then breaker in the dirt, you're swinging because you're scared shitless about striking out looking at on, on Sunday Night Baseball.
3: Um, My favorite ever was in extra innings against the Orioles when uh, Rizzo got hit with a ground ball in his only stupid player of the year so far. And so instead of the free runner on second, there's a guy on first. Joey Gallo hit a half-inch ground out to end that inning. It was like that was you, you couldn't just like, yeah, let's – Like, wow, this there's no longer a runner in scoring position, but this would be a pretty elite time for Joey Gallo to just show off his extreme power, send one on a Utah street. Like, he doesn't even have to hit situationally anymore because there's no situation here, and, and I don't want to elongate this anymore. I just want to see Joey Gallo go yard. Oh, he hit it actually the least far of any major leaguer I've ever seen. Like, he hit it so not far that you're like, I don't even think that's legal. I don't think the catcher can pick that up because I think that's <laughs> foul. Oh, it's it's like half a baseball in fair territory. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Yanks. And then they get walked off by the Orioles. The Yankees are the only... The Yankees actually made Major League history. Whether they give up Miguel Cabrera's 3,000th hit or not, they are the only Major League team to get walked off by the Orioles. Isn't that interesting? They've been walked off by the Orioles 38 times in the last two years, conservatively, and it's never happened to any other team. So very good stuff. Um, yeah, those are, those are two problems for entirely different reasons. Like Garrett Cole is probably redeemable. Joey Gallo at this point, you really have to just hope and pray that the season ends without it getting really ugly. Um, and speaking of really ugly, are the Yankees telling the truth about their vaccination status? I sure. I I sure hope so. Uh, according to Aaron Boone this week, um, and then according to John Heyman's reporting on the matter, the Yankees, who we all knew, had some players who were unvaccinated. We didn't know who, although due to the fact that he refused to talk about it, it really seemed like Aaron Judge was one of them. How did Aaron Hicks not just homer? where to go? That was like the Stanton shot. That was a 420-foot home run that went to the wall in right. Damn. Caught. Caught nice. easily. Caught without even uh, sweat being broken how 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 it's not even close he just stands there and catches it all right um I mean Aaron judge was being evasive about you know non-committal about his vaccination status to the point where it's like dude just say you're not getting it and say you never got it and just t- t- look the media in the eyes and say I did not get vaccinated because it does no one any it's we're two we're a year into having a vaccine it does no one any good to be like, I'm going to keep looking into it. And yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, we'll maybe learn some information about stuff. It's like, no, we all know the information and we all know that you don't have the vaccine. So it's cool. I mean, no, it's not. But you've made the decision not to do it. So just say that out loud. We knew several weeks ago that the Yankees still had this problem. It might have even been like a week and a half ago. They put out another story saying two starters would be missing the series in Toronto, which is coming up at the beginning of May. But then all of a sudden this week, Uh, Aaron Boone says not going to be a problem. I'm understanding we're in a good spot. John Heyman says all the Yankees are vaccinated. This is all good stuff to say. We'll know if they are or not, if they did it in time when they crossed that border into Toronto, uh, because again, they're not letting you into Canada. So you're not getting in with Antonio Brown's fake vaccine card. But it is a little bit encouraging that the Yankees are now saying we did it. We're done. Stop asking us about it after a march of being very, very cagey. Meanwhile, the Red Sox, Tanner Houck was just like, I'll do everything I can to help my team, but no, I will not get the coronavirus vaccine and I will not be (laughs) pitching in Toronto. Like, I don't think, like, we only know one thing you could be doing to help your team and you didn't do it. So I suspect it's not the only thing that you could be doing that you're not going to do. Like, if getting vaccinated against measles helped your team win a World Series, I kind of feel like you might not do that either. But the Red Sox have... Him, he's a problem, and the Red Sox apparently have more people who we will learn next week, uh, or week and a half or so from now. you know, they just won't play, we're just gonna learn, like, oh, they didn't show up, they're not there. Um, and if the Yankees are lying, we're gonna find that out too, but for now, they're telling us they're 100% set.
2: Yeah, the uh, the Aaron Boone quote's funny because it makes you believe that nobody really knows anything. He, yeah, it really does. He said the players told him that. I guess the ones that were in question, he's like, Yeah, no, the players assured me that they're vaccinated. It's like, is it up to the pl-? the players just walk into the front office and they're like, hey, I'm vaccinated and that's it. And they're like, Oh shit, okay, yeah, great. We'll mark you down. Vaccine Back- cool. We'll see, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you in yeah. Toronto. On a big whiteboard, like yeah. checking it off. Like, hey, thanks so much for your honesty. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, like where's the red tape here? Classic Yankees medical staff stuff. Like, what how is that even how is that even something to say to the media? Um, But yeah, just another frustrating thing about the um, about this season and last is we're fielding questions about our best player. Is he vaccinated or not? Is that going to affect the team's World Series run? Is it going to affect their forget about the World Series that can affect their ability to climb in the playoff standings because of who they have to face and what where they might be restricted and forget about even the restriction if you get COVID and you're not vaccinated, you're out for 10 to 14 days. So you're missing double digit games, probably um, which is a a decent portion of the season. And that's affecting the output of the team overall. Um, So once again, seems like just can't get basic things, right? I know other teams deal with this with other players. Um, So uh, the Yankees aren't alone um, in any sport, Uh, every other, every other, the Nets dealt with this the entire year with Kyrie Irving. Um, and among other things like players being outspoken against it or saying just inflammatory or having inflammatory commentary about it, which makes you look even worse. Um, thankfully, no one's doing that on the Yankees, but you go back to them bringing in Rizzo in the offseason, someone who was famously unvaccinated at the time, um, and we knew that Freddie Freeman and Matt Olsen were vaccinated, um, and those were right there for the taking for the Yankees as well. Um, and I don't know what are the, the rumors suggested about who else was on vaccine. I know Kyle Higashioka was one of those mentioned. Um, I don't know if I believe the, the, the rumblings about Garrett Cole and DJ LeMayhew. I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not going to dig into it unless someone's giving me a legitimate piece of information, but that's what, that's what people hear. Um, and that's the information that is being spread. Um, so it's just, it's just tough luck again. I don't know. We're having a tough look podcast here. Um, a lot of things that are frustrating um and just don't lend to the kind of energy that this team needs for the for for the new season. Um, after all that's happened last year, um and everything that and and then you come into this year with all these other things, with the COVID stuff, with Cole underperforming, with Judge's contract situation, with Lisco not filling the uh, not filling the voids on the roster as many people would expect, or even just on the on the surface type things. Like, look at the Mets, man. They kind of just did what you're supposed to do. And yeah. look, to be honest with you, I the, I like the Mets. I root for the Mets. I will more I will take them more seriously once mid June arrives and they've either figured it out or their season is over. Which is show me I mean,
3: show me Jacob DeGrom.
2: Like that is not, important. I need exactly to see but it. Mets scoring runs. Pitchers beyond Jacob Degrom performing as they should. Chris Bassett trade a very obvious thing you should do if you're in need of pitching. Um, Starling Marte, yeah, you have to pay a little bit more for him, but you get great defense in center field and he's swiping bags and scoring runs and being aggressive on the base paths. Um, and then throw in everything else in between, um, and that's kind of the that's kind of the, the 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 success that you want to see and the output that you want to see based on the resources that you have oh, we're the Yankees, we can get whatever the fuck we want. We're going to get that. And then we're going to add more. And then we're going to, you know, clean up this PR mess here. Um, No cleaning up of anything, no adding of the surface level, obvious things. Um, So that's why this is tough. That's why it's tough. We got to talk about this and they're going to Toronto in what? Two weeks, two, two weeks, a little under two weeks. So we're going to know for sure. Just about that limit. Yeah. We're going to know for sure by then. And then I really hope we're not having a follow-up episode about, who's not there and why they're not there Um, because I want to get on with the season and just f- worry about baseball and watch some good baseball. Um, and right now we're only seeing good baseball from, from, you know, uh, a few of the starters and a majority of the bullpen and probably two hitters. Um, and it's frustrating to see that all around. Um And these are the same problems they dealt with last year. So it's got to clean up. Um, I know they keep saying that, but it's not going to matter until the results are speaking for themselves. You know, what's weird is that like, this isn't a, I wouldn't call this a punt lineup today.
3: I wouldn't put the onus on Aaron Boone. Um, you know, Marwin Gonzalez is in there instead of Josh Donaldson, but Donaldson's been terrible. And Gonzalez has to play like, this is Trevino. You've been begging for him, but they're playing like it's a punt game. Yeah. They're the offense is non-existent in this one. I, I don't know how that Aaron Hicks ball didn't go out. Um, it's I, I am definitely having a major got to relearn baseball moment so far this year. Um, it, it feels like all these long fly balls. It's just like the line drives up the middle where I had to figure out and remember that just there's going to be a guy there now. Like, uh, the ball is different. Um, home runs are down across the league. Uh, everybody knows it. This is no great shock. Um, but the Yankees are about to, I mean, this is game three in a three-game series in Detroit. They're about to leave this series with one home run. Right? Uh, Anthony Rizzo yeah. homered yesterday. Uh, I mean, this is a tough ballpark, but one home run in a three-game series. And does Detroit have a home run in this series?
1: I, I don't no think idea. so.
2: I don't know.
3: Yeah, a two-run double yesterday, a little weird double today. They Yeah, I don't think they have. I don't think they have. So we're, like, we're on the verge. We're in the bottom of the sixth inning of game three of a three-game series, and we've got one home run in the series. That's weird. That's not conducive to what the Yankees do best. And I'm sure Detroit's about to go on a rampage because, you know, Jordan Montgomery gives up long balls sometimes. But, again, we're we're almost – we're like five-sixths through this series and we've got one total home run. That's not normal. Um, I think we're all going to need to do a little bit of readjusting maybe in another couple weeks and just look at this and go, the pitching is so good now and the ball is dead end and we're just watching a different game than we thought we were going to be watching. And, um, you know, maybe that means the Yankees keep winning boring. Maybe that means the Yankees keep the seven and five pace up and they end up winning 93 games, but it's very dull and it's predicated on pitching and defense. And we all forget that they're boring when Luis Severino's on the mound because we're like, that guy rules and that guy's breathing fire. But then the other, yeah, but when the other pitchers come out, we remember, oh, right, they're going to win 2 1 or lose 2 1. And that's quite dull. Like that's sort of a great pitching version of the 2014 Yankees. So I certainly hope. Their offense gets in gear at some point. Um, I I do want to talk briefly before we sign off, um, and not just because Miguel Cabrera is up now and I want to try to keep the stream going during his final AB on the live stream. One out, nobody on, bottom of the sixth. Um, His first ever hit was a home run. His thousandth hit was a home run. His two thousandth hit was a home run. So thank God there's no one on base because if he does pick it up here, it's probably leaving the ballpark. I do want to talk briefly, just very briefly about the Yankee letter. Oh, which yeah. We finally learned during this podcast, right about the time that we signed on is going to be unsealed in a week. Um, to that, I say great unseal the stupid letter. Um, some of you deal in reputational harm and people on Twitter being mean to you as the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. I would contend that the Yankees losing uh, in the playoffs in 2017, 18, and 19 to tainted teams, as well as 2020 and 2021 to their hated rivals, is a way worse punishment, and has resulted in more mean things being said to you on Twitter um, than most things. I think, um, you know that nobody should be nobody should be screaming and crying and calling out any fans of any of these teams and claiming they're responsible for sign stealing and cheating. I think the the even playing field move would have been to unseal the Astros letter, unseal the Red Sox letter, and unseal the Yankees letter. That's not going to happen. We have chosen to unseal one letter. Um, Until they unseal it, I'm going to believe that that's why Randy Levine was so mad about this whole thing, because in the interest of fairness, it's a weird, um, uh, weird precedent to open one and open the letter of the team that's been implicated the least in sign stealing, at least after Rob Manfred said, please stop doing this <clears throat> from what we know, we're going to be able to read this in seven days. Randy Levine said, quote, we're disappointed by the court of appeals decision, but we respect it. However, I believe that as described in my petition. This will lead to a lot of bad results down the road. How far down the road is that in terms of the Yankees being disrespected in a court of law, or is that in terms of real reputational harm? I guess i mean based on what we know we think we know this is going to detail the yankees in 2015 using the video room in a way that major league baseball eventually said please don't do that and the yankees went yep sorry our bad we're not going to do that and then the red Sox and astros went yep sorry we also used it wrong we're going to further advance our processes of using it wrong (laughs) and then mlb was like whoa all you astros people you're suspended. And the Astros people were like, we're going to fight you to the death. And MLB was like, okay, no player suspensions. And the Astros people were still like, we're getting railroaded. And then MLB was like, we barely did anything. And then Astros people are like, you've ruined our lives. And it went on and on like that for a very long time. Cabrera just struck out swinging. So that's the end of that chapter. And then the Red Sox, MLB obviously went, you cheated after we told you to stop cheating. And the Red Sox went, uh, oh man, what if we hire the ringleader of the Astros cheating scandal? And MLB went, what the heck? Okay, fine. As long as you fire your video room coordinator, JT Watkins. And then the Red Sox were like, what if we did fire him, but then hired him again? And MLB was like, you, okay, I guess you can do that too. So the Yankees have gotten punished the least out of those three teams. It also would appear the Yankees did the least out of those three teams. Andy Martino says this letter is about nothing. Um, I think the reputational harm will mostly be people on Twitter just resurfacing Yankees cheat, Yankees cheat. What about the Yankees? Everybody's being unfair to my team, the Astros, and they're being so super nice to the Yankees. Let's give them a little heat. And Twitter is going to be a really weird place in a week, but I don't think we're going to learn all that much. That said, the conclusion of that long statement is: bring it the fuck on. Open the letter. I don't care. You can be mean to me on Twitter for a couple weeks the Yankees have made it worse on themselves by begging the letter stay sealed. Now everybody who hates you thinks there's something really wrong with what you did. And I understand why they think that because Randy Levine keeps saying, please, 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 please don't unseal this letter. It's going to be reputational harm. Please, please, please. And like, if anybody said that, if the Red Sox whined about a letter, I would definitely assume there was something terrible in that letter. So open the letter. If there's nothing wrong in there, open it, open it,
2: open it. I don't care. It just, yeah, weird precedent. If if this is a whole lot of nothing, then yeah, I don't, I don't care. If there is stuff implicating the Yankees, um, which hey, do it. They broke the rules. Like yeah. people should know what the infractions were. Get rid of all
3: their playoff wins from
2: twenty fifteen. I am totally
3: <laughs> comfortable vacating that entire season.
2: <laughs> but if we see the infractions, I think that's fair. I think fans have the right to know that, not only Yankee fans but everybody else. And then. We should know the true infractions and the true length that both the Red Sox and the Astros went to beyond what just MLB's investigation determined because um, we know MLB's investigation probably was toned down a little bit and didn't have every single bit of information in there um, that was implicating the Astros or even the Red Sox in in what they had done. Um, and obviously the Yankees were mentioned very briefly um, in a lot of these reports. So, unseal them all. I want to see it all. I want to know how because we 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 hear from players all the time. We just heard from um, uh, we just heard from uh, who was it? Uh, Steven Souza, former Dodgers outfielder from last year, said claims that half the league was doing the same thing the Astros were doing. Okay, great. So like, tell me what it was and tell me who was doing it and tell me who benefited from it. Because at the end of the day, yes, half the league could be doing it, but those who succeeded are the ones who are going to be under the microscope those who failed and cheated you know cheat on a math test and you fail yeah great job dumbass like you're an idiot go to detention and we'll see it we'll see you fucking after lunch but
3: that's the 2015 yankees as far as i'm concerned this (laughs) dumbass kid who they were like why are you even here like that's why the letter wasn't open it's like why like we have to punish the three greatest cheats the game has ever known the 2017 world champion astros the 2018 world champion red sox and the 2015 wild card shutout Yankees, like they <laughs> will go, go to the corner.
2: Who cares? Yeah, I, I, I'm curious because look, this is this is if if we're talking about staying on the game, compromising the integrity. This is akin to the steroid era. If we're talking about getting gaining a competitive advantage in such a significant way, and fans should know what lengths were taken and what what tactics were used to do that, because uh, they just spent a lot of their time watching baseball for five years. Um, And that baseball might not have been genuine baseball that they were thinking they were tuning in to watch. Um, So forget about blaming team by team. Um, Clearly this was a league wide thing. Um, And yes, some are going to take more heat than others based on their successes and, and the bigger names on their team and um, the, the grander personalities who were outspoken about this, for example, for example, Carlos Correa. Um, So, Show me all of them. I'll take the Yankees first. And yeah, it'll be a weird place to listen to all um, these people fake criticize the Yankees for doing nothing since 2009 and trying to do something and illegal and not succeeding with it. Um, but yeah, it still stands. If we're talking about the Astros, they succeeded and won because of it. Um, if we're talking about the Red Sox, we think that they succeeded and won with it um, based on the fallout there. Um, so bizarre optics, but... I don't think it's the wrong move, um, but we'll see. We'll see what it says, and and we'll be able to sift through it and know if it's bullshit or not.
3: Yep, hopefully. Here comes Joey Gallo to the plate. So what a perfect time to sign off because that's yeah. barely – we're, we're going to be live for baseball today. That's barely baseball. So hope <laughs> all the rest of you enjoy Joey's A-B here. Um, if Aaron Hicks couldn't get that ball out, Gallo can't either. That is it for this Thursday live edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag queue. We'll be more than happy to answer it any queue that you drop in that review. Also, keep an eye out for some very interesting things developing on this channel, on this Twitter account. We're going to be live Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, you can pick up the podcast on all your podcast apps. We're going to be live a couple other times too. Um, I would presume that if, there were a big, if the Yankees were to ever hit, enough to have a big game that needs us to talk about it. And we're happy to do that. Um, we'll go live the next time. Luis Severino has the bases loaded and one out. Just so we can go live for the whiffs, uh, that dude is amazing. Probably should have let off the podcast by saying, love that man endlessly to the ends of the earth. Uh, weren't sure he was going to be a guy this year and already three starts. He's done more than we possibly could have imagined. So that's why the Yankees are seven and five going on seven and six. Cause this team can't hit, but over 500 could be much worse. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner right there on your screen. Or if you're just on audio, listen to the words I just said, and try to spell my name, Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you?
2: I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, you can also find our bylines at Yanksgoyard.com. Um, lots of content there, lots of fun content there. Um, now that the season started in game stuff, rumors, reports, analysis, op-eds, everything you want. Um, head on over to Yanks Yard Twitter account, the official one, at Yanks Yard FS. We're there for game days, and really all the time. You can DM us, tweet at us, doesn't matter what it is. Um, And, yeah, we're here rooting for the Yankees, doing all things Yankees. Next time we'll talk to you is Monday afternoon, 2 p.m. Shit, who are they even playing this weekend? I I haven't even looked at the schedule. The Guardians, the Red Hot Guardians. Oh, that's right, yeah. I'm trying to live in the moment with the Yankees because I don't want to – I don't want to start getting frustrated, like I said, until like the end of May. Um, So I'm taking it game by game. um, And I'm, 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 I'm really doing my, uh, I'm really doing um, the, the, the in the moment work that we should all be doing as humans. Um, So hopefully, hopefully um, the Guardians can slow down a little bit because they're beating the White Sox right now, three to one Dylan Cease on the mound uh, for Chicago. And they got runners on first and second with no outs in the sixth, um, Moving, humming along offensively like the Yankees should. So these two teams are going to clash. God, let's just do something. Something relevant. Please, we'll talk to you again, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, see you on Monday. Gallo just struck out. He's cleaning his spikes. That must have been the problem. We will
3: see you on Monday. Let's try to win another series. Shall we? Jamie's
2: Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 4, Two eighteen a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7. is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something.
1: Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.